News, politics, and special guests with a Texas twist. That's the goal of the Luke Messias Show. Our nation and state are at a crossroads, and if you're not informed, you're not equipped to make the change our community needs. Join the conversation and join the cause for liberty today. I want to start off the show with letting you know that your taxpayer dollars, that the legislature is spending a lot of this session, is going to financially reward people who are literally trying to get rid of the word woman or women, to be clear. Women is now politically incorrect according to Texas-funded University of Texas, okay? So UT, who, by the way, is set to get a massive pay raise this session. The legislature, when they increase someone's appropriation, is saying we like what they're doing and we want them to do more of it. That's what happens, okay? If they don't like it, they could give them less money. Or they could at least say, you're not going to get more money. But UT is getting a lot more money. And what are they doing with it? As an institution, they put out a page on their website that said, we need to, instead of saying, instead of spelling the word women, W-O-M-E-N, we need to start spelling women, W-I-M-M-I-N. They said is a non-standard spelling of the word women used by feminists to avoid the word ending in quote-unquote men. Chris Rufo tweeted out a picture of this just page on the University of Texas website, and they immediately deleted the page. And this is what they do. When Don Huffines called out state agencies for pushing DEI and CRT on kids and radical gender theories at DFPS, they immediately deleted the website, right? But they didn't say it was wrong. They said, well, we're maintain, we're going to take it down for maintenance. And then, by the way, they like never put it back up. And in this same situation, they've taken it down. But Chris Rufo said, hey, I cataloged this entire page that they now have taken down, and it's filled with a ton of crazy stuff. This is what you're paying for. And then we are taking children who are going through K through 12 and college, all funded by you, all institutions getting a lot more money this session, all without reforms, and they are indoctrinating the next generation. And that really segues us well into Senate Bill 17, 16. These are Senate bills that have passed the Texas Senate that actually stop Diversity, equity, and inclusion at the university level. The Senate has led on this issue. They have said, we need to stop having cultural Marxist programs at our universities, period. And they've said that not only do we need to defund them and say they can't have them, but we need to actually say what our state universities need to promote. We added, you probably saw the Freedom Caucus and members of the Senate and other members in the legislature, Carl Tepper, who's a state representative from Lubbock, put a rider on the budget that said, diversity, equity, and inclusion programs cannot be funded by money from this budget, okay? So the higher ed money can't go to pay for the 300 diversity officers that they have at Texas A&M University. Here's the problem. It doesn't say they can't be there. It doesn't say they can't be paid. It says they can't be paid with this pot of money that we're giving to you as a state university. The problem is these universities get tuition money. 
They get federal grant money. They raise billions privately from their alumni. And they can take all that money and use it to have cultural Marxism spread throughout the university so that when your child goes to college, they come back way more liberal than they went in. It is almost a guarantee at this point, and it's getting incredibly worse. Well, the Texas House has not had a hearing on this legislation. They have not heard the House bill. They have not heard the Senate bill. They have to have a hearing. They have to vote on the bill. That bill has to go to calendars. Calendars committee has to move it quickly. All of that has to happen, and none of it has. Now, before I talk about the calendars committee, because there is a really good example of how fast the calendars committee could move and how fast they will move. But before that, I just want to remind everybody, we have gotten great feedback on people who continue to consume the show on all sorts of channels. Some of you listen to this show uh, on Apple Podcasts. Some of it's on Spotify. Some of you watch it on YouTube. But I wanted to make sure every one of you know that Texas Scorecard has a Roku app. And I've gotten feedback from people who have downloaded the Roku app. If you have Apple TV or Roku, you can just go to where you download more channels, the same place you download Netflix or your Amazon or your Hulu, and just search Texas Scorecard. You can download the app there, and then you can consume everything we're putting out on a weekly basis. So The Headline, which is a show that Brandon Walton's produces, The Luke Messia Show is available on that. There are documentaries that we've released. There's other quick clips you can actually see clips on the top stories that Scorecard is writing. If you don't go to the website as often, if you do go to the website and see that content, then that's great. However you're getting this information, I'm fine with, but I want to make sure you understand that if you're somebody, and honestly, my family's like this, we have Roku TVs in our house. And so literally when I turn on the TV, I turn on a Roku app. I don't have cable. I don't have 1700 channels. And so it's really easy for me to just have that app there. There are people who I know have downloaded it. They said, man, I consume so much more information and I know more about what's happening in Texas because I stick it right in front of my face next to Netflix and I can decide, well, I've already probably watched two hours of Netflix today, so I'm just going to go watch a show or two so I know what the heck is going on in Texas. So if that is you and you're someone who use that on a regular basis, I would encourage you to Get on Roku, Apple TV, download the app and just have access to it. You will get more information and then you'll be able to use that information to accomplish more. So the calendars committee is not working very fast, but they're working fast on some things. Representative Tony Tinderholt uh, got up to kill three different bills off the local and consent calendar two days ago. And just so you know, there are two calendars. There's the regular calendar, which are bills that come up, and there will be 50 or 60 bills on that. And you can amend those bills. You can debate those bills. There's a record vote on those bills, all sorts of stuff that happens. The local and consent calendar is where a bunch of bills get added that are considered just localized or everyone agrees on these. And so they just pass them really fast with no record votes. And then at the end, you can go register your vote. But essentially, if you're on the LNC calendar, it's going to pass. Every bill passes. You can just register a no vote. Now, there are literally like two hour spans where the Texas House of Representatives at the very end of the session will pass 150, 200 bills, okay? In like two hours. Now there are usually some bills on there that are problems. And so a representative can get up and say, I'm gonna speak for 10 minutes. And if they do that, the bill dies. Now, when I started, watching the legislature in 2007, being part of the process. 
It was literally practice that a member would get up and say, Mr. Speaker, I'm going to speak for 10 minutes on this bill. And by the way, this is like how it worked for almost all of modern history. They'd go, boom, the bill dies. Because it's like, look, if you're going to spend 10 minutes talking about this bill, and that's the rule. If a bill is debated for more than 10 minutes, it dies. And anybody can debate a bill for more than 10 minutes. Joe Strauss got ticked that conservatives would use this to kill bad bills. So he started saying, you have to speak for 10 minutes. Make them do it. It was like a, it was punishment for daring to try to stop legislation you disagreed with. And by the way, the fact that somebody disagrees with it means it's not a consent bill, but that's okay. And then Representative Stickland did this the most, and so they ended up creating all sorts of other rules, like you can't, you, you can't read the bill, you can't do this. It was all sorts of reasons just to try to get around, punish further anybody's activity on this issue. Well, Representative Tony Tinderholt took issue with three different bills that were on the local consent calendar. One uh, was dealing with basically increasing the amount of money you could steal, like lowering the criminal penalty. It was like something with stealing. If you steal less than $2,500, then you can't be cited for organized conspiracy, conspiracy to steal things or something like that. I'm kind of messing it up. But the point is, it was it was basically this bill that several police groups and other people were saying we've got some issues with. And then there was a bill by Ann Johnson, who's a Democrat member from Houston, that was going to overregulate veterinarians. People had issues with this. And so Representative Tinderholt got up to talk about his concerns with that bill, and they killed it. And the other one was a weird bill by Cronda Timish uh, for a city in her district. And this is a city that moved their elections from May to November. And y'all know that the November elections is the one that all of us vote in. And the one that very few people vote in is the May elections. Your May elections are this Saturday. I'll be voting in my May elections, but most of my neighbors will not be. Well, this city in Cronda Timish's district is very upset that so many people are voting in their city elections. So they actually want to move their election back to May when nobody shows up. And they literally have testified, like people think that our Mayoral elections are partisan now, which, by the way, is actually supported in the Republican platform. The Republican platform wants your mayor to be a Republican or a Democrat, and they want them to be elected in November. And I don't, maybe the Republican or Democrat thing is no longer in the platform. I looked at that one, but I know they want them to move to November because that's when everybody votes. So all the Republicans that come out and vote can participate and vote for the person who's more Republican leaning. Also, we need to be in that mindset when we vote for mayor. But the liberals go like, let's put this in a May election where nobody steps up and then we can just kind of win based on a couple HOA presidents and who they want to be. So Cronda Timish has a bill that is saying, literally, I want less people to elect the local governments in my district. Tony Tenderholt killed that bill. So these three bills die. And when a bill gets talked about for 10 minutes or the, the author, even before 10 minutes hits, they'll pull the bill. Okay, it will then get referred, it'll get referred back to the local and consent calendar committee. And then they can either put the bill back on a local calendar one more time or send it to the calendars committee. Now understand there are hundreds of bills in the calendars committee that are great Republican bills that are all sitting there and have been sitting there for a month and not put on the calendar. But these three bills, two authored by a Democrat, one by a Republican that is literally pushing a policy that is opposite the Republican platform. These three bills died. They went back to local and consent. And literally within a couple hours, they went from the local and consent committee 
to the calendars committee and the calendars committee met and put them on the calendar for Thursday. Now, that is what happens when leadership says we want to pass a bill. That is how easy it is to pass a bill. Two or three people say, I want this bill to be voted on in the next 48 hours, and it is. Which means that every single bill that doesn't get voted on between now and Thursday, so next Thursday, if a House bill, anything with an H, remember, House bills are HBs, Senate bills are SBs. Every House bill has to pass second reading by Thursday, next Thursday, or it's dead. They can't be considered. So while all these good bills are just dying in the calendars committee, but these two Democrats and this other policy that's literally against the Republican platform get killed on local calendar, they move heaven and earth to make sure those bills are going to still pass the process. So understand this. Again, I'm going back to reminding you that they know how the process works and they know they are using it to kill a bunch of good bills. And that gets us to the debate on Senate Bill 14. Senate Bill 14 came up for debate on Tuesday. That's when it was scheduled. And the Democrats called a point of order. Now, this is where it gets a little crazy because you have to understand that Dade Phelan has ruled against some very strong points of order. I could dig in all the examples, but there's no reason to right now, and it would probably be a distraction for a lot of us. But he has been ruling against conservatives' points of order for a while this session. Democrats pulled up a point of order, and what they argued was that this bill could not be debated because in the bill analysis and summary, it mentioned a study by the American Society of Pediatricians, but instead it said... The study was by the American Society of Pediatrics. And they said because of that, this bill could not be debated on the House floor. Now, understand how this works. Dade Phelan makes a determination. In this instance, he's like a judge. He either says, no, this bill's going to continue on and get debated today on Tuesday. Or he says, yes, and this bill now gets sent back to the Public Health Committee, has to get voted out, has to go back to calendars, has to go back on a calendar, has to be debated again. So he makes the call that says, yep, you're right. This bill cannot proceed. All he had to do was say it can. And that's my ruling. I'm overruling the point of order. I'm the judge. I make the determination. And he says, nope, pediatrics, pediatricians, your fiscal note on a bill. I know this is getting really wonky, but I just want to explain to you all how this process works just for a second. A fiscal note on a bill has to be accurate, and a bill analysis has to be precise. And what that means is that if pediatrics and pediatricians are interchangeable, it doesn't substantively change anything about this bill analysis. There's nothing misleading about the bill analysis. Then it should continue. Ultimately, any speaker could decide. But Dade Phelan decided, I'm going to send this back. Now, that doesn't mean he killed the bill, and he knows he's not going to kill the bill. But what he is going to do is make the bill take up a whole nother day. Because this would have been debated on Tuesday, and then passed third reading on Wednesday, and gone to the governor. And then we'd have all till next Thursday to pass more bills, good Republican bills, some of them. And instead, he said, no, let's kick it back. Let's make the public health committee meet, which they did like an hour later, and send it back to calendars. And then calendars can put it on the calendar probably for Friday, which is what will likely happen. So 
This is now going to take up all of Friday. And by the way, it's going to be less than seven days away from the deadline. So now all of Friday is taken up with it. A lot of Saturday is taken up with this bill. And two whole days that dozens of good Republican policy could be put on the calendar and could pass are now not. Which means that next week, other bills take precedent. As I'm recording this show, HB5 is being debated. This is another crony cap, or actually, sorry, as you're hearing this show, likely, or watching this show, HB5 is going to be debated. And HB5 is another crony capitalist handout and giveaway. Like, that's what they're taking up. They're, they're a week away from the deadline. They have a long list of bills that they could be putting on the calendar. And they're like, this one, this, they're picking stuff. You read through the calendars right now. And it's just Democrat, 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 some Republican, a weird Republican bill that seems like it was by a Democrat. One of those is HB 3833 by Janie Lopez. And she's an incoming freshman. I don't know who gave her this bill. I guarantee you, I, I shouldn't guarantee. I am going to tell you that it is very, very unlikely that she is trying to put cultural Marxism in our schools, okay? But I will tell you that the bill that she authored, HB 3833, is going to take, is going to put more social emotional learning in the classroom. I was literally at a retreat with conservative donors and leaders like a month or two ago. We're at this hotel for like a day to plan some stuff out. And at this same hotel is a social emotional learning conference of teachers public school teachers, all here to be instructed in social emotional learning. And they're all wearing these shirts with rainbows that are not associating with Noah's Ark, okay? And they are doing, I mean, it, these are like the lefties of the left. And they have all their plans and they have figured out that the LGBTQIA LMNOP QRSZ agenda and the critical race theory agenda and the diversity, equity, inclusion agenda can all be also added under and, and instituted in schools under social and emotional learning. And HB 3833 by Janie Lopez basically says, we're gonna take school counselors who are supposed to be like helping you in your career and know what college you wanna go to or whether you even should go to college. And we're gonna make them emotional counselors to then take social emotional learning. And now they can just, during their sessions, take all of these other leftist Marxist agendas and shove it into these kids' brains. That's what the bill does. And it's authored by a Republican. It passed out of a Democrat committee, a committee chaired by Democrats, and it's on the floor being debated. All of these things are happening. And many Republican priorities are dying on the vine. We'll break some of those down for you as next week continues. I want to finish, wrap up our show today by going to Colin Allred's new ad. So Colin Allred is a congressman and he is a con liberal congressman. He's, he, when I say liberal, he is very liberal. Uh, of all the congressmen in Texas, he's a little more centrist, which is probably why some people want him to run against Ted Cruz because he's centrist compared to like the most socialist ones. Okay. But Colin Allred has announced he is running against Ted Cruz. And this is a shift in the Democrat Party away from the Beto mania that they basically were dominated by. 
Beto ran for Senate. He came within two points of Ted Cruz. This scared a lot of Republicans, thinking Beto was like the key to making Texas competitive. And then he finally took his mask off and showed everybody, I'm a real leftist. And so he has struggled in Texas ever since then. He struggled in the presidential election. He ran again, of course, for governor, got his tail handed to him there. And so he's not going to be the standard bear for the party anymore. So they're looking for a new standard bear and they have found Colin Allred. So let's go to his ad and uh, break this down just a little bit. When I left the NFL, I thought my days of putting people on the ground were over. Then January 6th happened. I remember hearing the glass breaking and the shouts coming closer. I texted my wife, whatever happens, I love you. Then I took off my jacket and got ready to take on anyone who came through that door. And Ted Cruz, he cheered on the mob. We will not go quietly into the night. Then hid in a supply closet when they stormed the Capitol. Stop. But that's Ted for you. Okay, this is a tad dramatic. Like this guy's going, you know, I didn't think I was going to have to put anyone else on the ground. And then January 6th happened. Literally talks about like calling his wife. This is what the Democrats have done with January 6th, right? They've literally, they've turned it into an insurrection, which is very interesting uh, considering the fact that I was just in the Capitol when all these transgender, like men in skirts, stood up. They were mooning people on the legislative floor. They were screaming and ripping their clothes off. Cops had to like tear them down. All these people are saying, what's going on? But you know what I'm not going to come on this show and do? Like act like, you know, my entire life was in danger. And one of the things we now know as January 6th details have come to light is that this is a massive failure of the Democrat leadership to even just secure the basic capital and that their over-dramatized version of, you know, literally fighting for their lives and ready to take on this mass insurrection is laughable at best. So that's an interesting way to start. I honestly think it's a very strange way to kick off your campaign because Colin Allred should be coming. And you're going to see as this ad goes on a little bit, he starts to try to play more into the middle. Okay. He's going to do that. But it's weird to start with these leftist dog whistles that we know have not changed anyone's mind. Democrats had these January 6th commissions set up and they broadcast it all and cable news carried all these commission hearings. And then they polled the American public and they realized no one's opinion changed on January 6th. Republicans still thought it was ridiculous that Democrats took this so seriously. Democrats thought it was the worst thing ever. Independents literally didn't really care. And then Democrats did a January 6th hearing, hearings and hearings and hearings. They even had their fake Republicans there, Adam Kinzinger, Liz Cheney, trying to act like this was a bipartisan commission. They finish all their work, public polling shows, no one's opinion changed at all. Okay, let's continue on this hat. All hat, no cattle. When Texans were freezing in the dark, he jetted off to Cancun. He'll do anything to get on Fox News but can't be bothered to help keep rural Texas hospitals open. Spends months trying to whip up phony culture wars, but not a minute trying to raise. Okay, so phony culture wars include, by the way, like 
a 40-year-old man dressed as a woman gyrating in front of a six-year-old kid. Okay, I just want to make sure we understand. Like these phony culture wars are like kids walking into a library and then opening a book and seeing massive amounts of sexual activity depicted for them and then writings that talk in very uh, intricate detail about all these sexual acts or about kids killing themselves or about, I mean, all sorts of things. So I get it, fake culture wars. Now, again, I go back to the fact that, did you know that like 75 to 80% of Texans don't think parents should be able to sexually transition their kid. The numbers are massive. It's 40% of Democrats. It's 60% of independents. It's 90% of Republicans. And Colin Allred is coming into a red state where he's going to try to run in the middle. And he's going to say, you know, Ted just cared about these phony culture wars. As if like the red state of Texas is going, yeah, I know all those phony culture wars that are going on, but that's okay. Let's continue. Raise wages or lower drug prices. The struggles of regular Texans just don't interest him. Well, they matter to me because those struggles are the story of my life. Mom was raised in Brownsville and moved to Dallas. She was a public school teacher and worked two jobs to make ends meet. I never knew my father. So I made a promise to myself a long time ago that when I became a dad, I would do it right. Texas Democrat Colin Allred, he's a former NFL linebacker turned U.S. congressman. In 2019, Allred took the first paternity leave ever announced by a member of Congress. My family, my coaches, my counselors at the YMCA kept me on the right track. On the football field at Hillcrest High School and Baylor University, I learned the values that prepared me for life, how people can come together for something bigger than themselves. I took those lessons with me into public service. That's why I worked with Republicans to help our veterans, to pass a new trade deal with Mexico, and to bring high-tech manufacturing jobs back home because it was the right thing for our state. We deserve a senator whose team is Texas. But Ted Cruz only cares about himself. You know that. He wants to divide us to get people to fear their neighbors and turn on their teachers. He banned books, outlaw all abortions, and cut Social Security and Medicare. That's not my Texas. My boys are fifth-generation Texans, and they'll learn that this state is full of generous people who look out for each other, where if you work hard and play by the rules, you can get ahead. That's how a working-class kid raised by a single mom can make it to the NFL, law school, and even Congress. We don't have to be embarrassed by our senator. We can get a new one. Some people say a Democrat can't win in Texas. Well, someone like me was never supposed to get this far. I've taken down a lot tougher guys than Ted Cruz. So let's get on the field and find out. I'm Colin Allred, and I'm running for Senate. So I want to say two things. One, um, my last kind of criticism of his overall thing, it is, it's ironic that he literally talks about how Ted Cruz wants to ban pornographic books. And then within like eight seconds is talking about his sons. It's weird. It's strange. you like, there's these couple, you have young kids. And you're like, I can't believe this guy wants to take all these nasty pornographic books out of our library. I'm trying to fight for my sons. Like, what are you saying? What, how does that tie? But that's okay. Ultimately, you should know this. Colin Allred is actually a better 
nominee for the Democrat Party than most of their other options. Somebody else who is rumored to be running is Roland Gutierrez. Okay, Roland is a sitting state senator, and he could also run for U.S. Senate. Um, he might run for something else, but likely he will run for U.S. Senate. And so if he runs and Colin runs, there will be a competitive Democrat primary. We'll have to see who wins. But Colin will get likely a higher share of the vote because he can share, as you heard, a personal story that has some elements of being compelling. Raised by a single mom, successful career, now fighting and often pushing some things that maybe are bipartisan, but of course, D.C. has not done anything significantly bipartisan that has massively affected the lives of Texas citizens in a very long time, and nobody thinks that's real. They do find these like little token bills to show up on Fox News together on, but that's okay. Colin is a better choice for Democrats than most of their other options, which is why Republicans in Texas should take the Democrat Party seriously. And unfortunately, we have to do it every two years, whether we like it or not. And the second we back off, then you have the issues where Beto comes within two points of winning. And that sets us back. It not only sets us back electorally, but it literally sets us back in the legislature because then they don't want to pass anything Republican because they're convinced that they all have to be moderates. So it is going to be important for Republicans and conservatives to all unite and make sure that it is just as big of a campaign in November in next November as it was last November when everyone worked to keep Texas red on a state level. We're now going to fight for that on a federal level as well. Colin Allred will run. I hope more Democrats do jump in and it is a competitive race. And if that happens, we'll make sure to update you here. The more competitive the Democrats are in their own primary, the more they spend their money and waste their talents and treasure on winning a primary that they're going to lose in November and the less resources they then have to unite in November. So that is always something we're going to be looking out for. I hope this update has been helpful for you on a lot of the things that are happening in the legislature. And uh, please continue to stay engaged because every day is important. A lot of things are happening. God bless you and God bless Texas. Thank you for listening to The Luke Macias Show. To find out more information about what's going on here in Texas, visit texasscorecard.com.